Hi, I'm Kyle Barton, and on this 406th episode of the MWA podcast, Sean Wisniewski, Mark Hicks, and myself are asking Joel Paul the five questions. And if you want to hear more about Joel, be sure to check out his interview on episode 405. So before we get started, Joel, and uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Um, um, Let's see if we have a Patreon shout out for this episode. We do. We do. This week, we are thanking Ken Woolley. Uh, in addition to all of our other Patreon supporters, we want to single out Ken today to say thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and sign up. On to the five questions. Um, the first question is usually how do you how do you get into woodworking? Um, but you answered that question in the last episode like perfectly. It was a great story. Uh, so maybe I'll just ask you, is there a woodworking story? that you can tell us that you didn't tell us last time that, that you think is a great woodworking story. Uh, as a musician, I know a lot of famous people. I've been around them. Some of my friends made it. Some of my clients were, you know, were rock stars and stuff, but uh, that doesn't really affect me. Famous people don't, I just don't get affected by it. I don't, I don't find any, I don't get nervous. I just, they're the same as, as anyone else. But woodworkers have always, you know, have always had this weird kind of rock star status to me. Um, I, I kind of taught myself using fine woodworking and woodwork magazine. And these mm-hmm. guys that I would see in there, sometimes, you know, I would see them out and about and be like, oh, holy crap, that's Al Breed, you know, like at the at the ski store or something or you know, when I first met Pete Galbert, it was, you know, my hair was standing up or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm getting some Ron Swanson vibes here. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, uh, you know, one time I was walking down the street. It was kind of a back street in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I, um, at the time I was uh, playing reggae. I had dreads down to my butt. And I was with these two friends of mine who were dressed all in black. They were kind of exploring their goth uh, selves. And we're walking down this back street in Portsmouth uh, between the, the neighborhoods and downtown. And I noticed that there's kind of an older gentleman who is starting to walk toward us. He's in, on, coming in the other way on the same back street. And we're walking down toward him. He's walking toward us. And I think we're going to probably freak this guy out, you know, because it's a back road. There's nobody around. And there's a, this is ragtag you know, group of ragamuffins. And I really didn't want to freak this older gentleman out you know but you know i'm like well let's let's you know this should be interesting so when we meet when right when we come together i realize that it's jerry osgood if you guys know jerry osgood who was a woodworker who kind of mm-hmm. pioneered some bent form lamination yeah uh, is uh you know in the end of his career now but we stop and, and i said something like holy crap, you're Jerry Osgood, which I think is probably the last thing he was expecting to happen. Um, and, and that was awesome. I ended up spending the day with him. He was uh, curating uh, an exhibit at Strawberry Bank Museum. And I ended up spending the whole day with him. I, you know, my friends went downtown and I hung out with Jerry Osgood for the day. That was, that was awesome. Cool. That is fantastic. Well, um, we'll move on to our next question. So what is your favorite tool? Oh, that, how does anyone answer that question, Kyle? That's, that's, like I said, that's why our limit is 23 favorite tools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had some interesting answers, but I don't want to, I don't want to. uh, No, 
taint you know, your it, answer at this point. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I've got a couple that, you know, favorite is favorite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what really is your favorite? Um, fa so my favorite woodworking tools in general are draw knives and carving axes. They both kind of, they both kind of play the same role. They're kind of your table saw of, of, uh, of green woodworking. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a lot of draw knives and I kind of have a lot of carving axes, but if I could have only one, the one that I use most of the time uh, for draw knives is a, it's just a, a nine inch I and J white um, bevel up that it's the only one I've ever seen like this. And I don't know, you know, it's just a, a great old knife. It took an amazing edge. I almost never have to sharpen it. It seems mm. like it's it sharper um you know as i use it but that thing pretty much touches everything it's a it's long it's a nine and you can you can get a a long sort of swipe with it and really get mm. a slicing cut with it as opposed to using a seven or, or an eight which a lot of chair makers do prefer yeah uh, i think you can get a, a bigger pull with it, a bigger slice you know but mm. that one is uh it, it's it's wide enough that you can do um the bottom of bowls with it too without hitting your knuckle so ah. that one just it's it's the only one that really stays in the shop with me uh, all the rest of my knives are kind of along a wall in another shop mm -hmm. uh, and then for carving axes um i kind of I would try to get everybody's carving axe. If you make a carving axe and you're a blacksmith somewhere on this planet, I'll get your axe and, and give it a try. And if I like it, great. I'll make, I'll use it, you know, in green woodworking. And if, if I don't, I could sell it or, or it's a student tool or whatever. We're all kind of a little different. Our hands are different and we swing different. So, um, but I have one that, that I will say I'm a better, I'm a better uh, spoon carver when I use this axe and that is uh, made by Liam Hoffman uh, I don't okay. know if you're familiar no, with him I haven't heard of him yeah uh, Liam is great he won forged in fire uh, when he oh, was okay 18 and then he wrote a book on blacksmithing um, and to get so there's a Liam Hoffman collector's you know to get a Liam Hoffman tool is it's quite difficult it's quite a process um, uh, it's not a process that I would really probably go through personally because you know, there's a lot of blacksmiths mm -hmm. and uh, I try to support them all. And if it gets, you know, too complicated, you know, you probably lose interest. But um, I people really look for this um, for this carving axe and for his, all of his axes, really. But this one is called the Craft Carver. And it was designed by this guy. And I don't know how to say his last name. So I'm just going to say his name is Max. And he is um, at Wood, Woodsman's Finest. He's an Austrian guy, fantastic spoon carver, very talented. But he designs tools that are made by um, by other people. He has other people make them. And mm -hmm. um, he's been working with this forge in Ukraine, Fadir tools, making just amazing stuff over there. But they're busy fighting the Russians right now. So yep. um, Liam Hoffman's Craft Carver. There's some hype around this, this this axe. It you know people people want it. Um, if you put one on eBay, you you could you know definitely make a couple of truck payments. Um, it's it's a I I'm just better with it. I'm just better. The something about the weight, the handle. I don't know, but I can follow a line with this thing. Um, and you know you really should have one axe and use that and tune into that and that's your axe and you really you can kind of dial in your swing mm -hmm. so have 
12 axes you, I mean, you might not be as good with an axe because you're if you're moving between them you never really fine tune your your uh your skill but that particular axe i don't know it's just um, is it a single bevel type axe is, or uh no it is not a single bevel yeah um, okay. i don't use any single bevels except um really some, there's some hewing couple of hewing axes that have okay. basically a, a single bevel no it's a double bevel flat bevel so the carving axe mm-hmm. you know you really don't want a secondary bevel or it'll change the way it's it's aimed okay uh, so, no flat bevels just a nice small bearded your um bearded style so your hand can go right up underneath just right, behind yeah. the blade for controlled cuts or whatever but something i don't just something about it my ability to follow a line with that axe it really as soon as i got it um it was that i don't you know i don't generally use anything else that that it's a favorite sometimes i carry it around with me not gonna lie sometimes i'll take it and throw it on the nightstand (laughs) just in case everything else burned out (laughs) (laughs) that's the the, the that should be the new thing and now what's your favorite tool what what tool would you take out of a burning building yeah yeah that's a good question Yeah. yeah So yeah, you're not yeah, no yeah. family photo albums. It's the axe that it's the, the axe that yeah. saved. Well, I can remember what everybody looked like. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't use the tool cool. again if it's not there, right? Like, come on. Well, you just uh, have to retemper it. It'll be there, right? Make it <laughs> yeah, probably will. new handle, temper <laughs> the blade. It's all good again. Oh, all wow. right. So that, that, that that's hilarious. So so um so you said you weren't a complete fan of the whole liam hoffman thing that sounds like you are a member of the facebook group oh i am yeah yes <laughs> yeah I, I i'll tell you what i wouldn't want to try to get well you, you know what i'm gonna come clean here kyle um okay if i lost this this um axe i would do whatever it took to get another one i'd go through whatever they want me to do whether i sign up do whatever there's a lottery of some sort i don't actually even know how it works but you you i would do it i'd, I'd get another one however i had to do it yeah, yep. I'm I'm on their site. You have to pay a deposit to get onto into a pre-order pool, and then they draw names out of that pool, and then you have the opportunity to pre-order an axe, or you can do a weekly auction. Wow! So you can uh, they just pick one axe and auction it off every week. It's it's a I think it's an, a nice way to hmm. keep the price reasonable um, without just being buried in orders. You know, and that's a pretty mm-hmm. stressful situation to be in. Yeah, so. yeah, that that is controlled supply demand. It's three hundred forty yeah. bucks. Yeah, his, his axes. I saw a limited release of felling axes he did, and I think they went for three thousand dollars. Oh, Yikes. yeah, wow. Yeah. Do you I, have yeah. the oval handle or the so? So, so the, the these are like people on the on like eBay and stuff. Just uh, I think it's more that fortune, group. Fortune. You know that group. You know. Oh, okay. Okay. Group or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, hey, is somebody getting this at like, like you said, whatever it was, three hundred and fifty bucks or whatever, and then reselling it for, you know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I imagine you'd get to do that once because they probably see you do it and be like, oh, you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yes, for sure, somebody's trying that, but yeah, probably not too successful. Okay, well, that that's good. I I was just, I was just concerned about. Yeah, so this axe was sold to me by another woodworker. Just mm-hmm. a, a George Kiddos, I don't know, um, in Franklin, Tennessee, where he lives. Okay. But he and I, Pennington um, knows him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he and I, when we're not using tools, we'll kind of offer them to each other first, maybe, you know, like, hmm. ah, do, you, do you want this before I put it up? And, you know, we've, we've moved a bunch of tools 
back and forth. And uh, man, everything I've gotten from George is a, a favorite tool of mine. It's pretty cool, actually. That's I have a, a file uh, Swiss made like number six uh, bent gouge and the six sweep. I never see them. I don't know if you I never see six sweeps. They're, they're rare. Uh, and it's a great sweep. Hmm. That's a good contact to have. Stay in touch. You're going to keep reintroducing new, new great things to yourself. Oh, yeah. No. Best tools yeah. you yeah. All coming from George. And he, also, he's huge. So you want to be friends with him. It's good to have yeah. friends that are that are big. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe that keys into our next question, maybe. But who has influenced you the most? In, in Because you're such a talent. Let's specifically yeah. talk woodworking. Oh, specifically, yeah. Who's inf- influenced me the most is uh, is without question Peter Galbert. Okay, without very question. good. You know, he I I learned to make chairs from his book, and then I learned to make chairs from him, and then I learned to teach from him. You know, and, and then I learned that I was a good teacher. The other thing, um, I don't know if you guys, so you guys are going to talk to Pete coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks, but he, I've learned so much other stuff from him because he's got this. A uh, long, long history of teaching and mm-hmm. and also solving problems. The way he uh-huh. solves problems is mind blowing to me because I'm not very smart. And the way I, you know, things that take him one day would take me a year. So, you wow. know, it, it, and and so I get to watch this person who who doesn't complicate his life. He doesn't complicate his time. He, he really and I do. I tend to to do exactly the opposite. I create a <laughs> giant mess, and then everything's in my way, and I'm like, ah, you know. But I'm watching this guy who just he doesn't want stuff. He doesn't want things in his way. He doesn't want all the tools. He just wants what he wants. He has these old um, delta lathes. He doesn't have a one way. He doesn't need a one way. He's got so much fundamental turning skill. It doesn't matter what you. You know, mm-hmm. he, and he doesn't need it. He's not going to spend money on it. He would spend his money on something else that he, that's more important. To him. And just watching someone who's like kind of figured out some of the things that I haven't figured out and found a way to make uh, not only make a living and craft, but make a difference, you know, in in, um, in people's lives and all of that. Mark, this is funny. I wanted to tell you this story of the because I know you make the um, the aluminum sort of adjuster for the for the yeah. um, shave horses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when he first came up with that idea, um, it was not long after he first got to the to the mill shop where my shop was, and uh, he, he said, I have this idea, and I want to make this thing that replaces the aluminum rods that the, the shave horse was using before. And it was kind of difficult for people to set those rods accurately. Mm-hmm. You know, they're paying the butt. He told me about this idea, and it was probably 10 o'clock in the morning. By two o'clock in the afternoon, he had one. He had like gotten a piece of aluminum and sawn it out with a hacksaw. <laughs> and he had taken apart his shave horse and cut apart the, you know, the the arm there and and notched it and stuck that thing in. It was like, check it out. I mean, it was it was five hours <laughs> later. It was done. It was in there. And he's like, I think I'm gonna change it like this and I'm gonna send it to Mark and have him make these. And it, I don't I don't even know if it was a week later. Maybe you sent like you got you jumped right on that. I mean, I think yeah, I made I I I took his drawings and made all the changes that we talked about, and then made my own version for um for for what I wanted for my shave horse. And yeah, it didn't take long to to get that thing up and running once we had once he had a prototype. So yeah, I my so my shave horse um uh, is one of Pete's shave horse. He gave it to me, and it's got one of the first versions that you made in it. Awesome. 
Yeah, awesome. it's pretty cool. Well, so yeah, so the the most, I mean, I can't even, you know, the Pete's given me a lot. He really has. And I'm I'm proud to be his friend and and uh and continue working with him. We went and cut up a tree the other day. We cut up a, a big tree that had front come down like near his neighborhood and uh we just went and cut it up for spoonwood, you know, just <laughs> two woodworkers with two chainsaws, cut up a giant tree. <laughs> Getting covered in ticks. It was it was a lot of fun. No, oh, that ooh, sounds great. Ooh, that didn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, <Ugh. laughs> Speaking of uh, ticks, ticks. Uh, what <laughs> what what's been your biggest stumbling block? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say um, this is kind of why I I didn't really make it in uh, furniture building is because of my inability to um, I wasn't able to. Uh, do anything less than my best. And so, mm. you know, ma- the customer isn't always paying for your best. And I was mm. horrible at, at, at that. Um, it, it it made it so I really, I I struggled with the business side of uh, of being a furniture maker. So I wouldn't like, I would never put a, um, a plywood back on a cabinet. You know, I'd build a frame and panel. Yeah. Maybe they didn't pay for it. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to put a piece of plywood on this. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, hand dovetailed case and I'm going to build a, you know, I mean, what would the shakers do? And I, and I very much approached everything I did, you know, like the shakers would have. And so that stumbling block for me was that it was my own, you know, I was just unable to, to uh, really turn that corner and, and turn it into a business. It's still, you know, was just uh, more of a, uh, I don't know, I was motivated to just do my best work always. And I, and right. I really thought that eventually I would be recognized and that, <laughs> you know, I could charge whatever I wanted, you know, like some sort of Nakashima story or something. But you did, you, you had $12,000 dining room tables. Uh, uh, lots you just, of them. <laughs> you, once, you know, the funny thing is, is like, once you lost interest, that's yeah. when it happened, you mm-hmm. know, like you, you had moved on to chair making and, and Greenwood stuff. And um, that's when the business really could have taken off. It, it, it's true. It really could have it yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, it wasn't where your, where your interest lied. And that's, yeah. that's tough. You know, that's yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, we're all it, our own worst critics, right? I mean, so yeah. that that's part of it as well. Yeah. I mean, I made a, I made a, an easel for my niece and nephew and I put a half line dovetails in it. It took me, hours extra work to do that i could have done it much more simply but i wanted to do it and that's why i kind of wanted to present it i was giving it to children they do not care at all Uh, but i know it (laughs) you know and i know where it is i didn't sell it there was no profit or anything but but yeah like there's something there you know like to to find that balance between that you know what you wish for or what they want or or somewhere in the middle it's yeah it's, it's funny i was thinking like you know a lot of people talk about you know you go on instagram and and compare your work to other people's work and that's hard but when you get to a point where you can achieve a certain level of work and you're comparing your current work to what you're capable of that's i think that's even harder Mm -hmm. to to deal with you know to let go of um because sometimes like you said they're just not paying for it and uh you know that's gonna kill you yeah well, uh, believe me, I have second guessed my decision to take a leap of faith and come out here and try <laughs> to be a, you know, you know, uh, but you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, yeah. when you know, you know, you know, and, you know, if it works, it works, you know, you follow your dream. If it works, 
it works. If it doesn't, you know, just go get a job. You know, that's <laughs> right. That's that's the way it is. You know, right. I yeah. I think you'll do really well teaching. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mark. I, I appreciate. So, yeah. That. Yeah, I can yeah, tell. Thank you too. Your love for the for the craft and and you know your your interest level and in all the things your curiosity I think uh, I think your students are gonna have a great time learning from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, last last question. So how has the internet influenced your work? You've been around a while. You've been done a lot of things, but specifically, um, not your personal relationship with Peter and and, and other things mm-hmm. aside. Mm-hmm. Internet specifically, how has that helped you out? Oh, so much. I mean, it's, as a green woodworker, I can't tell you how it's so instrument because it's such a specific thing. It's, you know, it's like this niche uh, craft and there are these people all over the world doing it. And just realizing that, I mean, it, you know, having access to hundreds of other people that are kind of doing what you're doing and maybe they're doing it better or maybe they're getting started or you know whatever it is being able to really just be connected because it is a group of people that very much kind of needs to be connected they you know we need to bounce things off each other or see what each other is doing or you know between spoons shrink pots bowls and um like pole lathe turners um there's just so much and the skill levels um worldwide just you know it's pretty mind boggling really and so having um the ability to be connected to everybody else it's like you have a backstage pass to every gig you know you have access mm. to everyone it's so accessible and you can you know you can reach out and talk to people they're uh liking your photos you know what i mean and, and so you start to just develop these relationships i have friendships all over the world with people I've never met and I, and I may never meet, you know, with <laughs> people who I just think are fantastic. What they're doing is incredible and inspirational to me. And so there's like sort of, even though, you know, like I said, I'm out here, you know, taking a leap of faith and I'm out doing green woodworking in a barn. And, you know, this, it's kind of an odd thing to be doing. It's a kind of a hard, an odd thing to tell somebody that's your job, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I do uh it's like Viking woodwork, you know, you, can't, <laughs> you know, you can't even explain it. So just having these amazing connections, seeing what someone else is doing on a day to day level and, you know, seeing everyone else's failures and cracked things and things they broke their spoon or I don't know, it, it really has made the whole my transition and my my life and craft make a lot more sense. It's it's nice to know that I got, you know, I've got a network, I got a team. Yeah, okay. that's that, that's a really good summation of that. I mean, having that like-mindedness and finding those people that you really couldn't find otherwise, being this kind of network. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Well, and feeling like you're part of something, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know during during you know COVID times and stuff. We all are a little isolated. Woodworkers tend to be isolated anyway, especially mm-hmm. if they're if they're professional. You know, that's mm. what they're doing all day. That's their job. You know, that it can it can be isolating. And uh, yeah, so feeling like you're part of something. And yeah. I'm, pr- I'm I can't tell. I'm super proud to be part of this this green woodworking. Well, I mean, I was I was proud to be a woodworker for for 30 years too. You know, like I, yeah. I told you, I developed all of my heroes. Uh, 
but this is a little different, you know, like these people, I know them on a different level. I've never really, I wouldn't text Christian Bexford, you know what I mean? I don't really know him. I've met him a couple of times, but yeah. I don't know him. Um, but there's, there's no, no green woodworker. I wouldn't shoot a message to, mm-hmm. you, know? Mm-hmm. you know, just, Hey, that spoon was awesome. How did you do that? Or, 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 or whatever, you know, it's, it's uh it is a good feeling to have that connection. I, I, I have virtually no uh there's no bad points of you know of the social media uh craft world for me. You know, for some people it can be annoying in some ways, and you may hear about some of that, but um I just love it. I think it's great. Yeah. No, I mean your yeah. your notion is is the, the basis of the reason we're talking today in a large way. You know, we started this podcast years ago by Twitter. And it was that that concept of we're at a we're at a woodworking conference, and this is the only time that we can talk shop because no one else around us. We're solitary workers. We're in our basement, garages, etc. And mm-hmm. having that community, that ability to converse with like-minded people is enormous. And so that's been around thanks to social media for better than a decade now, close to 15 years. Um, but that exact thing is something that's echoed all over. And it's not just it's greenwood workers, it's makers in general, it's it's everywhere. I mean, there's somewhere there is some reclusive blacksmith that's just finding someone to talk to now. You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and and that's, that's the awesome thing about it. Yeah. Or, you know, the fabulous yeah. beekeeping. Well, <laughs> sure. Beekeeping woodworkers. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I am a, that's a, a niche. Very, a very thin slice of that Venn diagram. The, 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 there you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for your hand cut dovetailed frames and bee boxes for next year. Uh, I want to see that. Like a lot of work, but yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's actually something you could probably sell too. I'm, I am the. Oh, do you want to lose money? Yeah, get in there. Yeah, if I want to lose money, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? You, uh, you you say that the one one that I purchased was machine dovetailed. Really? You know, that yeah yeah. I mean, because it, it it's a strong joint. These things are out in the yeah. weather. You well, know, oh, there, we, it really we discussed is. The the Lee Jigs has the beekeepers or the <laughs> yeah jig yeah. to make frames. Uh, whatever it's called (laughs) but no i mean and as all these things i don't do a lot to those boxes and so they're weathering and there's some time that they will fail and yeah maybe i'll get into fixing them but uh, yeah or making my own we'll see i've made i've made apparatuses but not necessarily the boxes if if i had an option to get a dovetail box rather than a finger joint i'd spring for the dovetail really quickly um yeah just like you said they just just sitting out there getting wet and frozen and those dovetails are a good mechanical joint. Yeah. I mean, some of them have are like wax, you know, none of them are cedar, although I've seen cedar boxes, but like basically it's, it's pine painting is common to protect. Yeah. And it does that, but it doesn't last forever. Just like any, so there's overturn. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> let's move on to where folks can find us and I'll edit the other part out. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, we're gonna have to start that podcast, the Beekeepers oh my Modern God, no. Beekeepers Association podcast. <laughs> uh you're you're of course, uh Sean, you'll be in charge of booking guests for that one. Just, yeah, uh, if I knew anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get in the community. I exactly. Guess. Exactly. All right. Well, with that said, uh so uh Joel, where can uh folks find you on the interwebs? Uh best place to find me right now is on Instagram at uh, 13 stars farm. Fantastic. Mark, what about yourself? When I'm not, uh, knocking a podcast off the rails and grinding it to a screeching halt, I'm on <laughs> plate 11.com. 
Uh, I'm at Mark Builds It on Instagram. Um, and I'm also on jointeffort.net. I'm actually going to uh, start releasing the next few videos in the Shave Horse building series. So if you've been looking for that, you can find it at jointeffort.net. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Been looking forward to that. Great. Well, you can always find me at Barton.Kyle or BB Custom Tools at bbcustomtools.com and at YouTube under Custom Tools or Kyle Barton. So, Sean, what about yourself? Yeah, and you can find me on most social medias at SeanW78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.